Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Grape Top Church Online. I'm your host, Homer Hargrove, and today we are continuing our series, Winning at Life. Winning at Life. And I find it really interesting that when we go through series, I find that it's almost like uh, our lives seem to pivot into that direction. And even for me, when it, uh, starting this series, Winning, at, uh, winning in Life, um, I, I feel like there's like a shift in our mindset, s- switch in our spirits, where it's all of a sudden like out of all the year, uh, right now, I feel like I'm not winning at life. <laughs> it's the moments that uh, it's like God has instituted these different series that we go through to encourage us in just the right times that we need it. And it's not, uh, it's not when we feel like we're winning in life that we should hear about it. It's often when we feel like we're losing, when we, things are not good, that we need to be reminded that God is for us and not against us. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, specifically going in circles. Going in circles. You ever feel like that? Especially the older and older we get, feels like sometimes we're just going in circles in life. We are going in circles with our problems. We're going in circles with our our parents. We're going in circles with our kids. We're going in circles with our marriages and our careers. And it just seems like we're going in circles and getting nowhere. Today, we're going to be talking about Joshua, starting in uh, chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. And we're going to be talking about battle at Jericho. It says, now Jericho was tightly shut because of the sons of Israel, and no one went out and no one came in. But the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have handed Jericho over to you with its king and the valiant warriors. And you shall march around the city, all the men of war circling the city once, and you shall do so for six days. Also, seven priests shall carry seven trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark, And then on the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall be that when they make the long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, everyone straight ahead. So... Getting started, I want us to first talk about happening beneath, happening beneath. And I believe very strongly that the most necessary things in life are often unseen. The most necessary things in life are often unseen. And Jericho is actually a a small town. When we think of a city, we think of like cities the way we see them now. Jericho was about a, a little more than 300 yards long. So you're talking about a small place, and it was on a hill. So now imagine all the walls that are surrounding Jericho are actually slanted on this hill, right? And the number of, number of Israelites circling Jericho could have been anywhere between 40,000 and 600,000. We don't know if it's just the men of war that went to circle Jericho, if all of the people went to circle Jericho. So at the least, be 40,000 people at the most, around 600,000. And as the people circled Jericho, a city on a hill, over and over, that was roughly be anywhere between 6 million pounds, with a 
average weight, we're talking about average uh, weight of a man is about 179. Average weight of a woman is about 130. And so we're looking at these people. Let's take the average about 150. And we're looking at uh, with all the thousands of people, anywhere between 6 million pounds of weight to 90 million pounds of weight circling around the city, right? Circling around the city. Now, my, my mother-in-law lives by railroad tracks. And if you know anyone that lives by railroad tracks, not only is it annoying when the railroad goes by, but after years, the foundation of homes actually become unsettled. You can look at our houses and from the time that it was built till the time now, you can look at the sidewalk to the porch and it's separated by like six inches. That's just a flat sidewalk. Now I want us to imagine for a moment what, if that's just a train that comes by, you know, however often trains go by, and that's, that's you know, hundreds of yards away, and now you have a comparison of this amount of weight of people going right up next to the wall, walking around it seven times, and then seven more times on the seventh day. What I see is so much weight unsettling the ground and the foundation all around the city. I see this ground un, unseen, un, being unsettled underneath their feet every time that they go around the city. And while God could have sent an earthquake to happen at the exact time that they shouted, this is a big possibility, right? I believe that the witness miracle was connected to their obedience and their willingness to trust God because what he had commanded them to do was preparing something to happen beneath the surface. What he had commanded them to do was preparing something to happen beneath the surface. And I just imagine this millions of pounds of weight going around the city, unsettling the ground underneath. And I could imagine the, the walls just getting, uh, the, the, those walls getting less and less foundation, getting just less and less uh, strong. They're, 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 they're bending and bowing under the weight shifting underneath it. And the moment that all of these people shout, again, you're talking about thousands and thousands of people shouting with all of their soul directly at this wall. And I'm not going to get into like a, the scientific equation about it. Um, you know, how many decibels it would take to actually move something. But if you've ever seen like modern technology with a base system, it can make your hair stand straight up, right? And I want you to just imagine for a moment, not uh, whether this is like foolproof or fact, but just the possibility of what all of these voices can do, the vibrations of their voices can do against this solid first surface that was just unsettled for seven days straight to where it's no longer stable and they're all shouting at the same time at once directed to this wall. Of the possibility, maybe just without, with just the normal possibility, but now add the power of God to it too. See, God often uses our obedience to cause greater things to happen. Look at David and Goliath. If you've ever been hit in the head with a rock as a kid, it didn't sink deep into your skull and make you, you fall flat on the ground. It's like, ah, it might draw some blood, but it's not going to destroy you. With Goliath, David just did just that. But with the power of God behind that rock, it had exponential more power than normal. That's supernatural power behind it. In the same way, that's what I see going on in this story. But all of it is happening beneath the surface. 
all of it is connected to their obedience and all of it is connected to their faith. And what it shows me is that nothing that you do for God is useless. Nothing that you do for God is useless. God is sovereign and he is also omniscient in knowing all things. And when he leads us to do something, it is never in vain. Even when we don't see anything from it, it is never in vain. Just like we can't see the air that we breathe, just like we can't see our hearts beating, we can't even see a plant growing beneath the surface. So we can't always see God moving and preparing things for our life. Everything that you've done has not just been wasting time. Everything that you've done is not just you going in circles, but God will use you and is working on you to cause something big to happen in your life. And he will cause your biggest obstacles to crumble before you when you trust him. Just have faith in what God is doing beneath the surface. Have faith in what you cannot see. Have faith that God wants you and he wants goodness for you, not destruction. Now, I want us to go into... Our next point, which is forming in the quiet, forming in the quiet. What you allow in your mind in the quiet is what you will see when things get loud. What you allow in your mind in the quiet is what you will see when things get loud. Look at what it says in this story. It says, Joshua chapter six, verse 10 through 11. But Joshua commanded the people saying, you shall not shout, nor let your voice be heard, nor let a word proceed from your mouth until the day I tell you to shout, then you shall shout. So he had the ark of the Lord taken around the city, circling it once, and then they came into the camp and spent the night in the camp. Talking about forming in the quiet, these people were instructed not to speak the entire seven days. For those of us who are parents, like, man, that sounds nice. (laughs) But for seven days... And whether they were walking or they were resting, it was all done in silence. And every time they went up to the city, every time they circled the city, and every time they went back down from the city, it was done in the quiet. With all of that silence came room for a lot of time to think. What happens when there's not noise is we think. We think. We think. And each person had their thoughts going on and on in their heads. Some may have been thinking about how they were just going in circles in life over and over, just like their parents did in the wilderness. Just thinking they're going to, all of this is just for nothing. Think about all the people that were doubting what they were doing. But I believe for these people, most were thinking of how this point of their lives meant something, and they were deciding over and over in their heads to be ready for it. It's not that they didn't have any doubts, it's not that they didn't have any fears, but they believed within themselves that this time was important, that this mattered what they were doing. And they were deciding to be ready for it. Every time that doubt would come, they would decide to be ready again. Every time that fear would come, they would decide to be ready again. The quiet often brings out the real thoughts of people. It brings out our inner child. It brings out our inner voice. And it brings out our real hopes, our real fears, are real expectations, and people often become unsettled in quiet moments. <laughs> it feels uncomfortable in these quiet moments. 
It's hard for people to just even take a 10 minute car ride without the radio on. Even when you don't like the music on the radio, maybe uh, your Bluetooth isn't working, your aux cord got messed up, and now you're just listening to the radio and you don't even like the music, but it's better than the quiet. For some, it brings up a simple uncomfortableness in the quiet. For others, it brings up their fears and what they're worrying about. But there are people who actually like the silence. Some people feel like it brings them peace. Others feel like, uh, others feel like it helps them to think, to plan, to, to really see vision for their life. I want you for a moment to think about what kinds of thoughts you have been getting in the quiet. The kinds of thoughts that we get in the quiet change throughout our life. But right now, what, do you, what kind of thoughts have you been getting in the quiet? What has been plaguing your mind? It's in the silent moments that you build more and more of what kind of person you will become. And it's in the quiet that you envision your future and you decide the paths that you will take. It's in the quiet that you cho choose to believe in faith, or fear. It's all done in the quiet. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as a man thinks within himself, so he is. So decide now what you will become. Decide now what your victory looks like and decide now what you will do when things get loud in your life. Now let's, let's talk just about that in the shout, when things get loud. And in the shout, I want us to understand one very clear thing, to do everything remembering why you're doing it. Do everything remembering why you're doing it. It says Joshua chapter 6, verse 20 through 21. It says, So the people shouted, and the priests blew the trumpets, and when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout, and the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up to, into the city, and everyone straight ahead, and they took the city. They utterly destroyed everything in the city, both man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep, and donkey with the edge of the sword. And what we see in this story is as these people shouted, they shouted with all of their souls. They didn't just yell. They didn't just holler. They shouted with everything inside of themselves. They shouted for the hundreds of years of slavery that they endured in Egypt. They shouted for the decades they wandered without a home. They shouted for the darkness of the night and they shouted for the heat of the day. They shouted for how far they had to journey and they shouted for where they were at right now. They shouted for their freedom and they shouted for their children. And everything they shouted for, they reminded themselves in that moment of why they were doing it and why it mattered. Deciding to not go through the motions and to find your why, you got to ask yourself, why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you doing what you're doing? Does what you're doing really matter to you? Does what you're doing really matter to you? What is your big why in life? And where is your biggest passion? What could burn so hot within you that you could shout so loud that it would get violent? What is it that you're really passionate about? 
I think this last part of the story about how they just destroyed everything in the city is crazy. They just go and destroy everything. And that's what God commanded to do, to destroy everything, to keep no bounty for themselves, to take, uh, to take no plunder, but to destroy everything in the city. And, and just as a backdrop, thinking like, man, that sucks for those people. The, the reason that God was giving this land to the Israelites was not, God literally tells them, it's not because you Israelites are so good, but because these people have been so wicked. They were offering, they, this is just a sim, uh, one example of form of worship that they would do to their pagan gods. They would have s- statues, metal statues, which they would light on fire red hot, and they would lay babies as sacrifices, live babies that would scream so loud and burn to death as, an alt, as this altar sacrifice to their gods. And, and as a, what, the, what they would do during those sacrifices, they would beat drums and they'd try to beat them even louder during the baby screaming so that the mothers wouldn't hear it so much. So you're talking about some wicked stuff in this city going on. That's why they have this judgment against them. And as it, but going back to this idea of how everything is destroyed, it, it's just crazy how these people went through and destroyed everything. Did you know that in war... I forget the, the right statistic, but I think it's about 70% of soldiers don't aim at their enemy when they shoot. It's this internal fear of, of just taking another person's life. And, and it's this, this uh, staggering statistic about how, how hard it is to really have the intention to destroy what's in front of you. And so this moment that they shout and scream their heart out with all of their soul, and they go in there and destroy everything. There, there's so much passion behind what they're doing. And I think that when you find your passion, it should be like that. That when you find your passion, you should just destroy any obstacle in front of you. Any dream that you have, you should just kill it. You should just take whatever it is you want to be passionate about and just beat it to death. It's time to find your passion again. It's time to fan those flames. It's time to remember why you are doing what you're doing. It's time to get loud in your life. Let everybody know by the way you live what matters most to you. If it's your kids, then make it loud. If it's your career, make it obvious. If it's your faith, make it abundantly clear. We need passion in our lives like that again. As Christians, we're not called to be spineless, uh, mundane people that just go to church once a week to, so that we can check off our I don't want to go to hell list. We, we should find a passion deep within our souls for our faith. And I strongly believe that you should always know why you do what you do, especially when it comes to your faith. Your faith in God should be one of the most passionate things in your life. And if it's not, I would argue that you might not really know why you believe what you believe. Because if it's just because your family has always been Christian, you just were raised in church, and it's not this passion in your life, then I would argue that you might not really know why you call yourself a Christian, why you choose to believe in Jesus and not any other random God. For me, it's really, really simple. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins and for the sins of the world. I I believe that I didn't deserve that sacrifice. And I believe that he rose from the dead 
which proved my sins were actually paid by the Son of God. He died for me, so I choose to live for him. It was his kindness to me that drew me to repentance. This, this amazing, abundant love made me passionate. And if you want to make the decision to live for him today, I would really encourage you to not put it off any longer. And I'm not talking about a, a dry version of Christianity. I'm not talking about uh, uh, going to church more. I'm talking about a real and raw relationship with Jesus Christ in your life. To where you would seek within yourself to look for the Jesus who's described in Revelation, where it says that he had eyes like fire. That you would want to search for that kind of Jesus that has so much passion in his eyes that it burns in your heart too. And if you want to make that decision, don't put it off any longer. Make a passionate, life-altering decision to follow God and to not look back. I want us to all close our eyes and bow our heads for a moment. If that last part is for you, and you want to make that decision today, a real and raw decision to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and you haven't done that before, maybe before this point, you have allowed yourself to rest in religion. And you've, you haven't had a passionate, life-altering experience with God. But you want to know what that is like today, and you want to make a decision to follow Jesus. With every head bowed and eye closed, I want you to raise your hand. Amen. If that is you, all you have to do is talk to God yourself. You don't need me to lead you through a pretty prayer. All you have to do, the Bible says in Romans, that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is who he says he is, the Son of God who died on the cross and rose from the dead, surely you shall be saved. What it's saying is, if you have a genuine heart and talk to God yourself, that's all it takes to start this kind of journey with him. So if that's you, just take a moment to do that. Now, if, for the rest of you, if you're here, and you feel like this message was just for you. You feel like you've been going in circles. You feel like you haven't been seeing progress. But God is reminding you today that something is happening beneath the surface. God is trying to minister to you about how you should set your mind in the quiet. And you feel like God is, is reminding you of your why in life. If that's you... With every head bowed and eye closed, I want you to raise your hand. I see all your hands. So Holy Spirit, right now I pray that you would encourage these people, solidify what is in their heart, and cause a breakthrough to happen with whatever it is. I pray for the Holy Spirit's power to be activated in their life, and I pray for the presence of God to rest on their shoulders, and that you would confirm things to them. I thank you for all of this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, with all that being said, in the same kind of attitude, we're going to go into a time of worship. And before we do, we're going to sign off online. Thank you guys for being a part. We love you. Have a good rest of your Mother's Day. I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did, there's a couple things that you could do to connect. First is to subscribe to our show so that the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. 
And second is if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description or visit our website, gravetop.com, and you can give now. I'll see you next time on the Gravetop Church Podcast.